What's up, Championship Leadership Podcast? We want to welcome Aaron Walker today from Nashville, Tennessee. Aaron Walker, uh, welcome. It's hey, hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, buddy. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I always love to kick off our conversation with this question. Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. So what comes to mind for you when you hear Championship Leadership? You know, I think of somebody that does things unconventional. When I think of a champion, I'm thinking somebody that's really put in an extra measure of work, uh, somebody that's uh, added their 10,000 hours, and somebody that is really uh, interested in going above and beyond the average or the norm. And uh, I consider myself a championship leader because I'm willing to go above and beyond, add that measure of grit and determination and perseverance to everything you do. And I look at that person as a champion. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I've been digging into your book and, uh, and I would agree. You, you have an incredible story and uh, definitely have shown up as a championship leader. Maybe you could tell the audience just a little bit, the listeners, uh, a little bit more about yourself and, and kind of how you've gotten to the path that you are, because you do have, you have a very unique and incredible story. Well, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll try to condense it into yeah. just a couple of minutes, if at all possible. It's hard to <laughs> condense 60 years into a yeah. couple of minutes, but I grew up in Nashville, I'm native Nashvilleian, and I started working very young when I was 13 years old, fell in love with the business that I was working at when I was 15. I decided to do that professionally, went to night school and summer school for about 18 months, able to graduate at the beginning of my junior year in high school, worked every day for the next two years, met a couple of guys with a lot of money. And I needed that because I didn't have any and <laughs> formed a partnership with these two guys. I opened a business. Uh, I feel like God really blessed it. Uh, over the next nine years, we built something that a Fortune 500 wanted. I sold out when I was 27 and I was able to retire. And I thought, man, this is the American dream. I go from broker to convict <laughs> to being able to retire at 27. And it was pretty cool. And that lasted about 18 months, Nate. And my wife woke me up from a nap one day. She said, you're <laughs> lazy. You've gained 50 pounds and uh, it's time you were going back to work. So I did. I went back and bought the company I started with when I was 13 years old and we built it to about four times the size it was. 
I had the resources to really pour into it. And then my life really changed though, Nate, when I turned 40 years old, I was headed to the office and I ran over and killed a pedestrian on my way to the office. And it really changed the paradigm shift of my life. I was really focused on business, making more money, vacation homes, all the things that, you know, people aspire to when they're young. And what I discovered through that is I had a great amount of success financially, but I didn't have any significance in my life. And I took five years off. I sold the business. I didn't do anything for five years. And we traveled pretty extensively, tried to get my legs kind of back under me. And God finally gave me the grace that I needed to go back to work. And we went in the construction industry and uh, built a successful construction company. And then 10 years ago, when I turned 50, I retired for the third and final time. My wife said I've retired more than the law allows, but uh, I retired. And then um, some mastermind members that I've been associated with for, you know, almost 30 years now, 28 years, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and some of those guys encouraged me to coach. So I started coaching and I said, I was only going to coach two men. That's it. That's all I was coaching. I had to have something to do uh, because my wife insisted on it. And then I fell in love with it. And so I started doing a few podcast interviews and our business just blew up. And today we have 19 mastermind groups. We have members from nine different countries. And I'm probably having more fun today, Nate, than I've ever had in my 41-year career. Uh, We've owned 14 businesses over the course of that 41 years. And I think collectively, they don't give me the purpose that this view from the top business with Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind gives me. I'm just having a great time because it's helping other people really understand what success and significance is all about. Yeah, I I can resonate with that as a coach myself. And But, you know, something that I do want to ask you is in the book, it it was really evident, like, you know, you started very young, of course, but I usually ask, like, who are the championship leaders that you've been in contact with or that have impacted your life? And I know there's, there's many of them. But, um, you know, what I, what I noticed through reading the book was that you, you were able to align yourself with some people through many different stages in your life that really seemed to be good people that, uh, you know, it, it, from where I'm at anyways, you know, I, I often hear the story of they going to business with somebody and it really turns awful and, and they get taken advantage of. And, and especially for someone as young as you were to, to, to open the pawn shop the first time, I believe it was with, uh, were they doctors? No, they are an insurance agency. Insurance agency. That's yeah. right. And, uh, and then, you know, along the way, just, you continued to run into good people. So I don't know if that's something that you just kind of inherently had instilled in you to find the right people along the path. If it was luck, if it was something that someone, uh, helped you with to discern, that and have these conversations, yeah. create these re- relationships. But I think it's an important thing for all of us to learn. I know I've, I've rushed into business partnerships before and not done the due diligence and thought that it was going to be a good deal. And it, and it didn't always turn out the way I would, would have hoped. Right. Um, maybe talk about that a little bit and how you were able to uh, create some of these connections and relationships that really seemed to work out. Yeah. My dad was my best friend. Uh, my dad and I fished and hunted together every week of my life until he died in 2006. So I was fortunate to have a very close relationship with my father. But my father was not a good businessman. He was a man of high character and integrity. He was very authentic, but uh, he didn't know much about business. As a matter of fact, he didn't really care about business at all. And so we were 
we were pretty poor when I was a child. But what my dad did teach me is how to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the most uh, profound asset that I have today is I know how intimately to build relationships. The other thing is I'm not afraid to reach out. My mom always said, you know, you need to reach out because the answer is always no, unless you ask. And so for me, it doesn't bother me. No, just means temporarily. Uh, And I'll ask. And so coupled with building relationships and not afraid to ask, there's nothing that I won't ask anybody. My kids used to tease me all the time. We'd go into a restaurant. They'd say, we're going to go sit down. And I would talk to people along the way, or I would know half the people in the restaurant or we go on a cruise and I'd get on the elevator on the first floor. And before we got to the eighth floor, I knew where you were from and your children and how many businesses you had owned. And they said, dad, do you have to talk to everybody? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love people. I want to know yeah. about them. And so it's just uh, reaching out, Nate, I think is the thing and not being afraid to hear no, you know? And so, uh, as I said, no is always the answer unless you ask. And Seth Godin, in, you know, he endorsed my last book and uh, uh, actually he said no on the first book. And so most people would have said, well, there's no way I'd ask him again. But somebody said, how did you get him? I said, I asked him. Yeah. I'm like, well, he told you no on the first book. Well, that has nothing to do with the second book. It's like you have to be willing to roll with the punches. And so I just think that I, I went to these guys when I was 18 years old, these two insurance guys. And I said, y'all obviously have plenty of money. And I've got experience in this business. And why, why don't we forge a partnership and go into business and start our own pawn shop? And they said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 18. <laughs> and they said, we've never had anybody 18 years old approach us. And I said, well, hey, first time for everything. <laughs> and so they did their due diligence on me. And uh, we went to the bank, signed the loan. I mean, I didn't mind signing the loan. I wasn't responsible. for yeah, They right. had all the money. <laughs> And they handed me a checkbook at 18, had $150,000 in it. And they said, go open the business. And, and I did. Uh, it's just not being afraid. I say, you know, fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And uh, you can't have those opportunities unless you're willing to ask. Yeah, that's uh, some incredible lessons there for sure. What's, um, you know, the other thing I noticed, of course, you got the masterminds, you're a coach right now, Iron Siphon. Our iron sharpens iron mastermind, but uh, really it feels like it, it started with the mastermind that you first came into. And I remember yeah. reading like, you're like mastermind, like, what is this? I didn't even uh, know. I don't even know what this is going on. And it just happens to be with like Dave Ramsey and yeah. uh, Dan Miller, who, who's a recognizable name for myself as well. But yeah, talk, talk about maybe the importance of what that experience was for you and in, in, in your success through yeah. life as well yeah. as now today to that's exactly what you're doing. You know, to be honest with you, I met Dave in the early nineties and uh, met him at a chamber of commerce breakfast at Luby's cafeteria. And he was speaking about starting this show called the money game with Roy Matlock. And it was starting in Nashville in the early nineties. And I went up to him and introduced myself afterwards. And I said, uh, Hey, I just built a new location right down the road. You're to come check it out. So he got in his car and, drove up there and went in. He goes, oh, this is amazing. I'd love for you to advertise with me. And I said, I don't even know who you are. I never even heard of you. I'm not going to advertise with you. <laughs> and he said, what if I give you advertising free for a week? So I said, well, I can't lose on that. So I yeah. took him up on it. Nate, three days in, it was unbelievable the amount of people. He was on one radio station right here in Nashville. People were coming in by the droves and they were buying things. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. So I called him. 
I said, I don't know what the Kool-Aid is you're serving, but these people are drinking it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm interested in continuing to advertise. He said, well, you'll have to sign an annual contract and you'll have to advertise every day. I said, man, that's pretty strong from a guy that just started. And he said, right. I think he was bluffing me. I've never asked him, but I think he yeah. made that up on the fly. <laughs> so I took him up on it. I said, yeah. okay, I'll do it. And so I did. Well, I spent 21 consecutive years sponsoring his show. Wow. A few years into that, I was at the Curb Center in Nashville listening to a group called Mercy Me. And during intermission, I didn't know it, but Dave was sitting a couple of rolls ahead of me. And he got up and he walked. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, listening to Mercy Me. And he turned around and went to the concession stand and he came back and he said, listen, I'm going to start a mastermind group and I would love for you to join me. And I said, Dave, I love you and we're doing great together. I never even heard of a mastermind group. I don't even know what that is. And he started laughing. He said, just come to my office Wednesday morning, seven o'clock. I'll introduce you to the guys. So I got there and he introduced me to all the guys. I think an important thing to pick up on in this interview, though, is Dave Ramsey now is not the Dave Ramsey then. The Dan Miller today is not the Dan Miller then. The Ken Abraham that's written over 100 books, he wasn't that Ken Abraham then. And everybody says like you did, yeah, Dave Ramsey. Well, people have barely heard of him. Yeah, yeah, right. But the important part of this is, is that we all band together and we were trusted advisors that were non-biased and we were able to breathe into each other. And I'd come out with a new idea and Dave would go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Or Dan Miller would say, oh, wait a minute, this, this may be something if we tweak it. So you don't know what you don't know. And you only have one life experience. And you know, if I had to make all the decisions on my own, every idea I've got's a good idea. <laughs> but when you have people that are competent, that are surrounding you, that's working, holding you accountable, asking questions, you know, introducing you to new relationships and giving you connections, you've got networking involved, there's new perspective. They bring a sense of pointing out your blind spots and coupled all together, it makes you a better person. Yeah. Not only does it make you better personally, but professionally, it opens doors for you. So we met for a dozen years in Dave's office every Wednesday. You know, I blocked out 45 minutes to drive there, an hour and a half. We go eat sometimes afterwards and come back. It would eat up the good part of the Wednesday, but it was worth it. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to encourage the listeners today. Who do you have? Who do you have that is listening to your ideas? That's pointing out your blind spots. That's encouraging you. That's promoting you. That's introducing you to people, holding you accountable for the things that you say you're going to do. I've been in an accountability group and a mastermind group every week now for 21 years. And it is absolutely the number one tool that has propelled a lot of my success. Yeah. And you can, you can look at, like you said, you can look at Dave Ramsey and all the other guys that happen to be in your group and where they are today. He's on 800 stations. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, And a, a big part of that, I'm Dan sure. Miller just started 48 days to the work you love, you know, yeah. Dan yeah. was 53 years old at the time and he had just started 48 days to the work you love. Ken Abraham's written over a hundred books. You know, he's written Payne Stewart's and John Ashcroft yeah. and you know, uh, you name it, he's written their book. And, uh, these guys, it, it was iron sharpening iron. It was yeah. helping each other. Yeah. It was encouraging each other. And you just develop those friendships and those relationships long-term. Yeah, so if you're listening and, and you uh, didn't know what a mastermind group was, it, like Aaron said, go find some people that, 
that you want to be around that, that will help raise your game or raise your life, make you a better person, uh, and, and do some life with them. And, uh, if you've been, you know, Jim Rohn said it best, it's an old saying, but yeah. you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And Absolutely. that's very, very true. Yeah. You know, I also, the, the other part of the mastermind, uh, you know, coming together, lifting each other up, giving each other ideas, getting different perspectives. One of them, uh, you know, you talked about it a little bit when you, uh, hit this pedestrian and he, and he ends up dying and you right. go through five years of really kind of, I guess what it seemed like a, a real low part of your life and, sure. and struggled with that time. Understandably, uh, a big part of that mastermind group was actually kind of calling you out on it. Right. At one point, which is like surround yourself with people that aren't, that aren't going to just tell you what you want to hear, but what you right. need to hear. Right? Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story around that. I was, uh, and Nate, I don't know if you've ever really gone through a traumatic experience. I know you've got a lot of military background. I'm sure you've seen a lot of devastation. Yeah, not through the military, but I did have a fairly traumatic experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you yeah. did. Thank you, first of all, for your service. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. Thank you. I was at Ace Hardware, and uh, the phone rang, and I looked down, and it was a guy named James Ryle. And James was one of the members of our mastermind group. And when I looked at it, I immediately knew this was either going to be really good or really bad because it was on the weekend and we never bothered each other on the weekends. We always, you know, respected our families. And, and so I looked down at the phone and so I answered it and I said, uh, Hey James. And he said, Hey, big A. He said, you got a minute. And I said, well, hold on, let me go outside in the parking lot. So I went outside to the parking lot cause I didn't know what he was going to say. And I always yeah. loved to hear from him. The guy was an amazing guy. Yeah. And so I went out and he goes, Big A, he said, I was thinking about you this morning. And I said, yeah. He said, I know you're going through a tough time. And he said, I said, yeah, I am. I was in a really dark spot at that point. And he said, well, he said, I got to give you a message. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, you're wearing the hell out of everybody in our group. And I started laughing. Well, he didn't. Yeah. And I said, excuse me? He goes, you're on this thing, man. And you talk about it nonstop. You keep on talking about it. We're getting sick and tired of hearing it. He said, it says in the 41st chapter of Isaiah to pick up yourself, take the chains from around your neck and move on. He said, it's time you were moving on. I'll see you. I got to go and hung up. <laughs> Nate, hung up? I could have bit a nail <laughs> in two. I was so mad. I said, the audacity of that guy calling me up on a Saturday. Now he's ruined my whole weekend and I'm on this pity party, you know, and I stopped and thought a minute and I said, no, you know what? That guy loved me enough to tell me the truth. Yeah. Right. So the following Wednesday morning, I'm a big guy. You and I've never met in person, but I'm six, four, 235. I'm a pretty good sized guy. Well, he's about five, eight, about a buck 50, you know, <laughs> so he's a pretty small guy. Yeah. And I walk around the table and he thought I was going to hit him. He did. He <laughs> thought I was going to hit him and I had to lean over and I hugged him water filled up in his eyes and filled up mine. I said, thank you, man. I needed that. It changed the trajectory of where yeah. I was headed. Yeah. And I did, I picked myself up and I didn't talk about it anymore. And I moved on. You see, if we don't have people that invest the time in us, they don't have permission to say that kind of stuff. But we had years that we had invested in each other and I knew that he cared for me. And I just want to tell you, we're all going to deal with situations in our life. It can be a financial crisis. It can be, you know, a loss of a loved one. It can be a relationship breakup. We're all going to experience tough times. And there's going to be a time you're going to need people like James Ryle 
or Dave Ramsey or Dan Miller, I could call right now and I could fill my office up in an hour with these guys if they knew I needed them. Well, I couldn't do that had I not invested decades with these guys. A lot of people will hop around. They won't build these relationships. They'll go in this mastermind. They'll come out. They'll get all they can. They'll go to the next one. You're not going to build the kind of relationships I'm talking about doing that. So be willing to look at life from the long perspective and say, how can I be a giver? How can I invest in these people? In the natural reciprocity, you're going to get all you need if you'll stick with these things long term. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. What is, uh, I, I believe, championship leaders that have great vision and courage to execute on that decision or that vision? You know, what's, what's a vision for you? Like you said, you, you, you retired more than uh, law allows, <laughs> but you're still going. I'm like, working more now than I ever worked in my entire life. Yeah, that's the impact and the, the, the path that you are on and that you want to continue to make in the near future. Yeah. You know, uh, Scott Beebe is a guy that I hired years ago. He owns a company called My Business on Purpose. And he was actually a client of mine. And I coached him and taught him how to do some things. And he went into business for himself. And he helps you with vision, mission, and values. So I hired him back. And I said, okay, so I worked with him for five years. And he really helped me craft my mission, vision, and values. And Scripture even teaches, I'm a Christian by faith, and it teaches us where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly have to share my vision. And my vision is, is originally we started out these mastermind groups and it was all for men. And then uh, there was such a demand, the women wanted to be involved as well. So my wife and my daughter and another lady, uh, we started a division for women. And it's incredible at the life change that's happening. But our mission statement is, We help ordinary men become extraordinary in all they do. And I had shared a little bit earlier, but I'll touch on it a little deeper now. In my earlier days, you know, 20s and 30s, it was all about making the money. It was all about making a name for myself. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with making money. I love to make money. I want you to make money. It's good. You know, Uh, my friend Rabbi Daniel Lappin said that they give you certificates of appreciation for a job well done. And they have pictures of dead presidents on them. You know, those Benjamin Franklin's, (laughs) we all like that. And it's good, but I don't want money to own me. Money is a tool that helps me live the life that I've created. So I've learned to really put in perspective the value of money and the value of providing good service. But I came home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And I thought this is not going to serve me well, because if I offer my family on the altar of making a living, I'll come home one day and I'll be a rich old guy with no relationships and daughters that don't know me and a wife that doesn't care if I come home or not. Yeah. And so this automobile accident really brought that into focus. It really made me think that what matters in life are these relationships and my legacy would have been poor kid from Nashville makes enough money to retire and nobody cares. What I want my legacy to be is Nate's life is better as a result of having known me. And when you take that different approach and you look outward and you start helping other people accomplish their dreams and their goals and help them get their vision, that reciprocity comes back a hundred X. I just can't tell you. We had our best year ever last year. And it's because we're looking outward and there's purpose in our reason today. There's significance in our lives today because we're reaching out 
and the money will come, right? Stop trying to make the sale and try to add value. And when you do that, the revenue will come. So that's my vision for people today. I want you to be better professionally, personally, and spiritually in every regard. I want you to be rounded in every degree of your life. And if you do that, you'll have a great life. This is not a trial run. This is it. This is the only one we get. We're going through for the only time and we need to maximize that time. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about the value and really creating value, giving value, making an impact uh, that, that I guess that go giver attitude. And, you know, where does that come from? I've, I've definitely noticed that from you uh, just in a few short correspondence we've had, whether it was through an email or, uh, just in our brief uh, conversation right before we hit the record button, yeah. it's definitely noticeable and it's not by accident. I, I know that. Um, yeah. and, I, and, it, and I believe it's genuine. So, you know, where did that come from for you? How long did that take to, to figure out? Cause I, I do, you know, when you need it, right. When someone's new and they're young and they yeah. really need it, you know, that really does that desperation and neediness is picked up on by a lot of people. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes it feels like it's harder uh, easier said than done, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. Some, uh, yeah. wh- what would be some ways you could encourage people to really try that on? Well, here's the thing. First of all, and I think you said this best when you said, I think it's genuine. It is genuine. I am interested and I do care. I don't know if that's maybe some of the Southern gentlemen coming out. I was raised <laughs> here to always respect other people. And my parents always taught us to look out for others and to help others. But quickly, um, I became a student. Uh, early on in my business career to learn. And I always learned that, you know, you need to listen very intently and stop waiting your turn to talk, you know, like listen to what the customer is asking for. And it's not that difficult really to be successful. All you got to do is be quiet and listen and then feel the order. And if you listen, people will tell you what they want. The other thing is, is I think that I believe in the jab, 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 right hook. I believe in the give, the give, the give. Now you have permission to ask. Mm-hmm. And I can give you countless stories of opportunities. You know, I travel and speak and a lot of the places that I travel and speak prior to wanting to speak there, I'll go there to the conference. Michael Stelsner is a good example, social media marketing world. I was invited to go there. I went and checked it out and I liked it. I started promoting it on social media, started doing blogs about it. And then they reached out and said, Hey, would you like to be on a panel here? And I said, I would love that. So I continued to promote I believe in Michael Stelzner as a person. I believe in their organization. There's countless others that I could tell you, but if I really believe in you and trust you, I'll promote you. And then Michael Stelzner reached out one day. He goes, hey, man, I want you to come and speak at Social Media Marketing World. And I said, hey, that will be amazing. And other people that I've reached out to for book endorsements because I give, like Bob Berg and Jeff Goins and all those people, it's like promote their thing, promote everything first And then when it is your turn, it's easy. Yes. Because they're like, man, you've been promoting me for years. When I asked Jeff Goins to, you know, endorse my book, he said, are you kidding? You've been promoting my stuff for three years. And it's just a lot easier. You know, I'm promoting people all the time that I believe in. I don't promote people just to get, I went in the bank. I went in the bank the other day and uh, it's been several months now. And there was a young guy in there that waited on me and I wanted to open five accounts I had a specific project I was working on and I wanted to open five accounts. And he said, Mr. Walker, he said, this is going to take an hour. He said, uh, if you'll give me an hour, I'll call you. You can run back down, sign, you can leave and you won't have to sit here an hour. So I left and I came back to the office and I thought, you know, that's an exceptional young man. And that was great customer service. 
So I put my backdrop on, I cut my mic on, and I did a two-minute video talking about how amazing this young man was in a two-minute video, thanking the bank for doing that. I sent it to the branch manager. The branch manager sent it to the regional director. The regional director sent it to the president of the bank. The president of the bank called me and said, this is unbelievable. Nobody's ever done this before. Well, needless to say, that young man liked me after that. But not only that is that when I went into the bank from then on, I was treated differently because I had reached out and did something nice without being asked. They called me two weeks later and they said, we're going to do a commercial that's going to be put on TV. It's going to be on the website. And they said, we want you to be our spokesperson. Can we send our film crew for you to be our spokesperson? So it goes on. Then they called me back and they said, we're going to use this video in the training material for our new tellers is, do I have your permission? Well, here's my point. If I had wanted something at the bank, I would have gone in and asked. But now my, the, the perception they have of me now is much different because I have given and they didn't even ask. We do that on a regular basis all the time. I promote people that I believe in and trust. And then when it's your turn, it's easy to get. And you see that natural reciprocity, it just works. And if you do that in every exchange, I went the other day and showed, I'll tell one quick story because I think it's worth it. And this is a really solidifies your question. I showed a friend of mine, a picture of my grandson that killed an 11 point buck in my backyard huge deer. I've never killed a deer that big myself. And I was so excited to show my buddy. Well, he couldn't even congratulate me until he got his phone out and showed me a picture of his grandson with a deer. And he wanted to show me how that interchange should have, or that interaction should have happened. Here's what he should have said. How big was he? Was your grandson excited? Where did he kill it? Was it his first deer? I bet you're proud of him. And see, I've trained myself to do that. You don't have to match and you don't have to one up somebody's story. And when you let their story be their story, it endears you to that person. And so all these things are very intentional. You can't help Nate, but know it works, but it's not the motivation of doing it. So I would just simply say, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And it comes back in spades. Yeah, definitely not from a manipulative place. Not at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for for sharing that. And, uh, I love it. And it, it, it inspires me to do more of that. Nate, we make it harder than it is. Yeah, it's definitely. not that hard. It's really not that hard to be successful in business. And we've built all of our businesses on this premise and it's just giving back. It's just really going above and beyond, not thinking of yourself and man, it just seems like they line up to do business with you. And it's yeah. just the right thing. It's a lot funner to do business that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you today and your time, and I want to try and respect your time. So one last question before we close this out. You've already given plenty, but uh, if there's one or two other things that you could give that they would, if they were to implement today, they being the listeners, they would help move their, their life forward today, what would that be? Yeah, I was talking to my wife the other day at supper, and we were talking about the fear factor that is out there in people. They're just afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is everybody so afraid about? Everybody's scared to death. You know, it's like they're afraid they're going to fail. And I said it earlier in the interview, I don't really look at business that way. I don't look at life that way. And my children used to come to me and say that they would want to try out for some sport. And I would say, go for it. And they say, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid I might fail. I said, the failure is in not trying, not in not succeeding. 
And I think that we've got to have a mindset of we can do something. My mom had a saying when I was a child and she would say, can't, couldn't do it, but could did it all. Yeah. And I hated it when I was a kid, but I've adopted <laughs> that as my life mantra. And I just believe I can do something because you have to believe in yourself first and then don't worry about failing. Just learn to pivot and change. And you've learned another way for it not to work and go out there and go for it. So develop that mindset uh, that Carol Dweck talks about in her book, in her book, mindset, growth mindset, not a fixed mindset and forget the fear of failing and fear missing an opportunity more than that. And you too can be successful and significant. I love it. Thank you. And uh, uh, what, are, what are a few ways as we wrap this up that we can follow you and, and what you're up to, social media or websites and, and the book that you I have? I appreciate that. Well, yeah, well, I'd love for you to get a copy of the book. It, you can really see my story. I'm pretty vulnerable in the book. The easiest way to reach us is viewfromthetop.com. The thing that we're most excited about right now, we would love for you to join our mastermind group, whether you're a lady or whether you're a man. But if you want to start your own, we have developed the Mastermind Playbook, and you can find that at the mastermindplaybook.com. We've created all the steps, the resources, the systems, the processes for you to create a very, very successful mastermind group. And we've got a lot of podcast hosts and a lot of coaches that have adopted this, and they have very successful mastermind groups, and it's a very lucrative business as well. And if you want to reach out to us, viewfromthetop.com or the mastermindplaybook.com. I would love to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll make sure that we get that all linked up, of course, as well. Uh, Aaron, appreciate your time. Really do. It's been an honor uh, to have you on and uh, I've enjoyed it. Thanks, Nate. I did as well. We'll see you, buddy. Have a good day. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Baby.